glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. And, of course, you can find my co-host, Mr. Dennis Bennett, at Culture underscore Coach on Twitter. You can find our podcast as well as Many other really good, awesome podcasts ranging from all kinds of awesome daily content to IDP content to Redraft, Dynasty, you name it, we got it all at FullTimeFantasy.com where you can find guys like Jim Day of FF Champs, Adam Ronis, and Dr. Roto, both who are on Sirius XM Radio and the FNTSY Network. Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, Anthony Servino of FF Face Off, and many others. Super awesome network, and because of them, again, the full-time Fantasy Podcast Network, we will be at the Fantasy Football World Championship September 5th through 8th in Las Vegas, baby! Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Is that right? Everybody eating? Good. Everybody sober? Remember what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Ah! <laughs> Except for herpes. That shit will come back with you. Some guys just can't handle Vegas. That's right, Las Vegas. We will be at the Palms Resort in Las Vegas on September 6th and 7th. We will be recording live from Radio Row. Uh, talking about all things drafts, uh, the Thursday night opening game will have already just happened, so we'll likely break that down. Do some previews for, obviously, the first week of the NFL season for all the Sunday and the Monday night games coming up that week. And then all kinds of draft content from the Fantasy Football World Championships where some of the best players in the world go play. We will be doing some live Twitter stuff and Facebook stuff as well. Cannot wait to get down there and do that. Should be a whole lot of fun. For today's episode, we will be talking about quarterbacks. That's right, we're finally here. It is time to do rankings. So we are going to do our preseason rankings on quarterbacks. We're going to do our top 24 for all of you that are super flex players, uh, something I've really gotten into lately as well. We will break down our top 24. We'll go back and forth as always. Dennis starting it off first, then me, till we get down to our number one quarterbacks. Interested to see how this all works out as neither one of us have seen each other's list. But we can't do that without Dennis, so let's get Dennis on here so we can start breaking down our top 24 quarterbacks for the 2019 season. Hello! Dennis, what's going on, man? You know what? I am having a fantastic day. Uh, just received the email. Uh, my flight for Vegas and the Fantasy Football World Championships is officially booked. I'm going to be arriving about noon on the 5th, so I have plenty of time to get checked in and get to the uh, Fantasy Football World Champion pregame Thursday night kickoff festivities. I'm pretty there psyched. There you go. That is awesome. We got to get you to live draft, or not live draft, I'm sorry, 
live, do you got to do something live from Twitter from there? Because as a you know, obviously the listeners were not part of our little conference call we got to do with Jim Day the other day, uh, but he was talking about how awesome of an experience that is. So maybe you know, if there's a lot of uh, risque stuff going on up in the the old Playboy suite, which I found was very interesting to find out that's what that was. Uh, you know, don't don't air any of that stuff out there, but you know, just kind of. Uh, what it's like, and, and like I've told the listeners before, and I know we've talked about it, we'll definitely get your uh, get your thoughts and just takeaways from that first night, since I won't be able to be there uh, when we record live on Friday, because I imagine it's gonna it's gonna be a good time, man. I'm I'm super excited and, and cannot wait to get there. I, I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I was gonna save this for later, but why don't we go ahead and and talk about the Midwest Expo? Because what I was gonna say is. I keep seeing all the stuff and everybody that's going to be there on Twitter, and I'm really, get, I'm not going to lie, I'm really getting bummed out that I'm not going to be able to be there because this sounds awesome. So since you are going to be there, tell everybody, you know, just the huge gathering of great fantasy analysts that are going to be up for the Midwest Fantasy Expo in Ohio this year and just kind of what it's going to entail. Man, it is going to be something. We have uh, Dynasty Nerds, Football Diehards, uh, the Fantasy Footballers, the Back Row Fantasy Show, Roto-Viz, uh, Fighting Chance Fantasy, uh, uh, Big Guy Fantasy Sports. We can't forget Bob. He's the host of the whole event. Uh, just 30 or 40 different booths of podcasts. Uh, FF Statistics is going to be there. Clipcast is going to be there. Uh, so if, if you want to come and get some inside information, uh, some advice for your upcoming season and drafts, August 18th at the Canton uh, Cultural Center for the Arts uh, in Canton, Ohio, August 18th from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Um, and then uh, at Fathead's Brewery afterwards, Dynasty Nerds might be throwing a little soiree if you want to swing by there. And, uh, Shake some hands and kiss some babies. Probably, probably no babies at the brewery, but you know. Hey, you never know. Or maybe shake the babies and kiss the hands. However you want to do it. Everybody's different. You don't have to, you know, form to one format of society. Want you to do. Uh, but anyways, right yeah, it's gonna. It sounds like it's gonna be awesome. I cannot. I know that Bob is wanting to make this a yearly thing, so I have already gotten stuff in the works to make sure I'm there next year. Because uh, obviously, the the Vegas thing kind of hit us. Late and so we had both planned on being there for the Midwest Fantasy Expo, but then when this came up, it just going to Vegas is just kind of hard to pass up, especially for something like this because I've never been to like a fantasy football world championships or anything like that. So I imagine it's just going to be so much fun. I was like, I, I can only do one this year, so that's where I'm going to go. But Dennis, like I said, he'll be there with all those other great guests. He'll have some swag. Uh, I just sent him today some of the stuff that uh, that's coming up in our shop that hopefully should be open soon. Uh, he'll have a bunch of that stuff for free to give away from listeners along with a bunch of other stuff. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you guys will be are going to be in the area, I would definitely check that out. And then make sure to post all kinds of pictures and tag me to make me even more jealous and upset that I can't make it. Yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe last minute you'll give in and, the you know, talk to the wife and she'll be be like, Matt, I know how hard you've been working at this and I see how passionate you are about it. Well, Let's do a quick hitter and get you up there. Now the wife's not the one that's that, that has a problem with me going. I've just got so much stuff going on in the next like month because I'm an idiot and I keep accepting invitations into other leagues and 
I've got like six live drafts I have to plan down here. There's that. I've got uh, obviously the Vegas stuff. There's a bunch of stuff I've got coming up for work that I have to get ready for as well. And so it's just kind of trying to cram everything into one schedule is making it not easy for me to, to be able to do both. But who knows? I'm, I, I won't count it out yet until 12 o'clock rolls around on that Sunday and I'm not there that I won't be there. All right. So let's talk well, about oh, – It'll God. be fun. We'll, mi- we'll miss you. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you guys will. I'll be I'll be forgotten about within a few seconds. But that's all right. I would love to be like a like a like a fly on somebody's beer there, listening to the conversations that are going on. Like I said, I you're going to get to meet all the people that we've kind of you know grown these relationships with over over this past year, just based on this podcast that I like truly admire, and I, I've only met through Twitter and the podcast that I've never gotten to meet. So. To be able to meet guys like Jared and Garrett, I know Bark and Arms are going to be there. Uh, you know, it's going to be awesome. I like I said it. Hopefully next year all those guys will be back and I'll be able to get up there and, and it'll be cool to finally get to meet everybody and, and hang out. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, so before we jump in and start talking about the cornerbacks, let's talk about some of the breaking news that has happened since we last recorded. Let's start with the first story that came out early this, or actually late last night, in that Mike Daniels was released from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, pretty, uh, well, I was about to say exciting because I'm a Browns fan, uh, but I, I was shocked by this. This is one of those, you get a couple of these every year where a cut happens on a team, and you're like, wow, I can't believe that person just got cut. Um, he's likely going to end up on the team very quickly. Uh, before the news came out today that he is actually visiting the Browns tomorrow, I believe. Uh, I actually thought he'd be like a perfect fit for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I cannot wait to see who lands him, even though he is almost 30 years old or is 30 years old. I still think he has a chance to be a very good and productive defensive player. He's one of the best defensive players last year. Uh, so your thought before the injury, obviously. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mike Daniels getting released? And Do you think uh, do you have a preference or do you think he's going to go to a certain team? I, I'm not sure where he's going to go. I, I, I feel like he's still good enough that he'll be able to pick the best opportunity to make the playoffs and go deep into the playoffs. So if he's smart, you know, he looks at scheme fit and he looks at playoff potential. Um, You know, the, the Packers see him every day. So they know, you know, how he is in practice. They know, and and while they've net, they've, they, I'm not trying to intimate that they are saying that there's something wrong with him or anything. I, I just feel like they're looking at it and going, you know, for where we're going, does a 30-year-old co- defensive tackle coming off an injury or defensive end coming off an injury, does that really work for where we're at and where we're going? And so, it, you know, while it's a little surprising, I, I, I'll admit, I do think that... Uh, you know, it, it, NF, the business side of the NFL is brutal. Yeah. And so, you know, it, while it surprises me that he was cut, it doesn't surprise me that an NFL team said, you know, you're 30 years old, you're coming off an injury, uh, we don't want to take the risk that you're going to be worth what, what your contract says, so we're just going to get rid of you. Yeah, I think that's more it than him not being productive. I do think it was more a business move. Uh, I did hear... 
Adam Schefter talk about that uh, earlier this morning, actually, that they've been trying to move him for the past two weeks, but that once once other teams got wind that they were trying to trade him, they're like, no, if you're likely trying to trade him, you're likely going to cut him, so we're just going to wait. And so nobody, nobody bit, nobody offered anything for him. So now he's out there on the free agency market. Uh, like I said, I thought Indianapolis would be a great fit. They could use someone like him on the defensive line and then add in the fact that they really didn't do much with their cap space that they already had, which was one of the top. I think they were right there in the top three of available cap space when the offseason started. Uh, to have all that cap space and now be able to add a guy like that onto the defensive front would be amazing. Again, he is meeting with the Cleveland Browns tomorrow. Um, I mean, if he landed in Cleveland, my goodness, that, that defensive line would just get 10 times more scarier. I would love it. Um, I do think a lot of it is just due to the, his connections with Dorsey and Wolf and Christ, who are all there. Uh, most of those guys coming from gr- the Green Bay Packers. I believe uh, Wolf and Chris were actually two of the guys there that drafted him. Uh, in Green Bay, so they have that connection there. I don't know if, if he's actually going to sign with Cleveland. I'd love it, uh, but uh, that, that's just the only team that I've seen it reported that he's meeting with right now. Uh, but I do know there was a tweet out there earlier today, I think by Adam Schefter as well, uh, that said at least 11 teams have already contacted Daniels to see if he has any interest in playing with them. So he's going to be highly sought after, uh, and I agree with you. He's likely going to pick a team that's going to or at least looks as of right now going to make a deep playoff run possible Super Bowl run so that he can get himself another ring. Next up, we have Kevin Byard of the Tennessee Titans. He got paid a huge contract. Deion Sanders uh, likely knows who he is now, if you guys don't know that story. A couple, <laughs> uh, I think it was last year, right? He he released the top quarterbacks, yeah. and, and he Kevin Byard wasn't on there. He's like, you forgot me, and Deion thought he was just somebody else. He had no idea that dude played in the NFL. I can't remember what his what his response back was, but it was pretty funny. So uh, I imagine Deion Sanders knows who he is now. Uh, great for him. Glad that he got paid. He is by far one of the best cornerbacks in the league, I would imagine. Uh, if you play in IDP leagues, he's, he's likely already rostered uh, on any teams that you play or any, any, any IDP leagues that you play in. Not sure how much is going to help out Tennessee because we're about to get to a story here about how bad their offense might be, at least for the first four games. Uh, but do you have any thoughts on Bayard uh, getting the bag here? You know, Byard is a playmaking safety. He had four interceptions in 2018 and eight interceptions in 2017. Uh, and he added, he's at, put up 87 and 90 tackles, combined tackles each of the last two seasons. So from an IDP perspective, he's definitely a, a guy that uh, if you're having to start defensive backs, uh, he's, he's one of the guys you're trying to get. Uh, you know, their defense is, uh, ne- needs to play well, uh, especially now with uh, the offensive line situation. So I-, I like Bayard. I think he's one of the better safeties in the league, and he's, you know, getting paid like one. So now it's time for him to produce for, you know, another two, three, four years to, to show that he was worth all that money. Yeah, so, and then speaking again on the offensive side here for Tennessee, Taylor Luan is likely going to be suspended for four games. Uh, It is not for sure yet as uh, he tested positive for a PED. Uh, That was the A sample from everything I've been reading. They do have to wait for the B sample to come back, and if it matches, he will be suspended for four games. He did put out a... 
uh, what was it? A, I think it was like a, a video A recording. video or yeah. something, yeah. A video I didn't watch it yet. But... Him apologizing to his teammates and saying that he did not knowingly take it. He then provided a polygraph test showing that he was telling the truth on that, that he did not knowingly take it. Uh, but that, I don't think that really matters in the NFL's eyes. Uh, that's not, not, not that I'm saying he's using an excuse, but that has been said before, and it hasn't really regarded it anything except for them still getting suspended. So as, until the B sample comes back, we don't know for sure, but it does look like he will be suspended for four games. That is tough. They have two division games, and then obviously uh, they play the Cleveland Browns in the opening game. Not easy games that he's going to miss. You already have Marcus Mariota in a contract year with a shaky offensive line. Now you take out his left tackle. I think that's bad news for Mariota and Derrick Henry at least to start the year uh, because I don't think they have anyone that's going to be a viable replacement to put over there. You have anything you want to add on that? No, it sounded like a decent end. All right. Next up, uh, so Zeke Elliott did not join the team on the way to their uh, their offseason camp. We'll see what happens. Uh, the report came out later. I think in Oxnard, California, he did not get on the plane. Uh, a report came out about an hour after that saying that he still might join them eventually, but I guess this is still part of uh, his holdout. Uh, you know, not surprising. We kind of all saw this coming. Uh, I do think... He, I don't think he's going to pull Le'Veon Bell because he's still under contract for two more years where Le'Veon Bell was not going to be. Uh, so he's going to have to show up eventually. When he shows up, I don't know. Uh, obviously, the bad news with something like that is a lot of times we see when players hold out a long time and then come back late. If it's a, you know week two or week three of the preseason, uh, they start off a little bit slower and they're, they're more susceptible to soft tissue injuries just because they're trying to get back up and caught up with everybody else. Um... So that does worry me a little bit about Zeke, and we will throw Michael Thomas in there as well as he is not with the team, which was surprising to me. Uh, We did hear that he wanted a new contract, but it seemed like everything we were hearing from both sides is that they were working on it, and they were both in good conscience, in good faith working on it, and and both happy with what was going on. But he is not with the team either, so uh, we'll see what happens. Those two are definitely stories to watch as those are top three players at their positions, at least if you want to go a little bit deeper with Thomas four or five. I think he's in the top three. Uh, so top three players at their positions right now for fantasy. So that that's a big blow. Uh, you, your thoughts on the on the holdouts here and Zeke and Thomas? Yeah, I, with Zeke, you know he he needs to get in camp by August sixth. So you know maybe he takes a couple more weeks off just to try to push the situation. But if he doesn't get in camp, then he ends up uh, his contract tolls, so it doesn't do him any good getting him closer to free agency so Zeke I'm pretty confident will be in he's just you know being Zeke and taking it easy a little bit I think Michael Thomas is a, a another story though I I think he was uh, it, it kind of caught people by surprise because it seemed like they were working in good faith towards uh, an, a new contract so it wouldn't surprise me if Michael Thomas ends up being just a couple days to, you know, prove a point. Hey, I'll really do this if I have to kind of thing. Now let's get back in there and and uh, get back to work so I can play some football. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, we, we've been wrong with Le'Veon Bell. You know, a lot of people felt like he wasn't going to sit out. So, you know, we'll see. It always makes you a little bit nervous. Um, 
both of them, I, like you said, are, are top of their position players. Uh, it, it ends up, yeah, it hurts their teams and shows how valuable they are to what their team is doing. But ultimately, it hurts them as well. So the sooner they get in, the better. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say lastly. Was there, It's just something to monitor right now. Um, you know, obviously, Le'Veon Bell kind of shocked the world for all of us last year, really the entire season, because I was just talking about this with someone actually earlier today and that nobody thought that was going to happen. I mean, it seemed like every other week you were getting reports that Le'Veon Bell was saying, oh, I'll be back in this week or I'll be back in this week. And then when it finally just didn't happen, we were all kind of like, holy crap, that that actually happened. He's, he's going to sit the whole year. So none of us were expecting that again. Neither one of us think either one of these guys are going to do that, but we really just don't know at this point. So it's, it's we are just going to monitor it, and as it progresses, if they continue to sit out, we'll we'll discuss that for now. But I don't think this should change their values at all for anything. Uh, last but not least, this came out just about an hour ago. Sterling Shepard fractured his thumb in practice. Uh, not a, not a huge deal. He will be evaluated on a week-to-week basis, but uh, as everything is reporting right now, it's early enough that this shouldn't be a huge hit to his fantasy stock for the season. So I'm not too worried about it um, unless, obviously, this lingers on, which it might. Again, I, I, uh, obviously, a wide receiver is using their hands frequently and throughout the entire game. So having that, if there's any kind of re-injury to it, obviously that's going to hurt his season. But for now, with the fact that it is so early, I mean, we're still a couple weeks away from the first preseason game. Uh, I'm not too worried about Sterling Shepard and his value. I still think Golden Tate's going to be the one there anyways, um, being the slot wide receiver and, and probably the check down guy for, for Manning with uh, with uh, Barkley. So I'm not too worried about it for Shepard, but he did fracture his thumb. Uh, are you more worried about it than I am, Dennis? Or are you just kind of, it, it is what it is kind of you right now? Well, I, I felt like he was going to probably lead the team in catches. Um, I, I like Golden Tate, um, but Shepard is uh, he, he's an underrated receiver, in my opinion, and I felt like he was going to be a little more versatile than Golden Tate. So maybe this opens up a door uh, in the preseason for uh, Corey Coleman to find his way uh, and get a little more playing time and uh, show why he was a, a high draft pick. So, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's a shame because this was really... The, this is the year that Shepard has to show really what he is. Is he just a, you know, a character actor? You know, he's always, you know, when awards are handed out, the best he can hope for is the best supporting actor. Or is he, uh, you know, this was the year he could show he could be the leading man. Uh, and starting off the postseason with a, uh, uh, a broken thumb, or the preseason, excuse me, with a broken thumb uh, that's going to keep him out till basically the first week of the season, uh, it's kind of not the way you want to go about showing your leading man material. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So let's uh, that 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 pretty much wraps up our breaking news segment right there for what we've got today. It's my team. It's my quarterback. All right. So as I mentioned in the intro, we're doing our quarterbacks today. Top twenty-four for all of you who play in Superflex for the preseason. This will likely change uh, before the season gets here, as hopefully not. But chances are we'll get at least one injury or something that'll happen to change the way that these guys are ranked. Uh, Dennis, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, what I'd like 
before you give, we'll, we'll go back and forth like we always do. So you do your twenty-four, I'll give you my twenty-four. Uh, but I'd like you to give uh, how you decided upon your ranks. Uh, I don't know if we did it the same way, so I'd like to like you to tell the listeners how you came upon ranking your twenty-four through one, uh, and then go ahead and kick it off with your twenty-fourth ranked run, uh, running back quarterback. Well, so these are we're looking at it from a redraft perspective, correct? Yes, yes, that's the way that I'm looking at it for sure. These aren't I'm dynasty not, rankings. Not do dynasty right now? Yeah, all redraft stuff right now. Yeah, yeah, redraft Hello? stuff. Sorry, oh, okay, my bad. Yeah, all, all redraft <laughs> stuff. Right. So uh, we're not going to do. Uh, we'll focus on dynasty here in the coming weeks, but right now we just want to focus on redraft for the preseason. How you're ranking your guys? Right. That's that's. I just wanted to make sure because that's that was how I. Uh, was looking at it and sort of how I went about it. So coming in at 24 for me this year, uh, I'm going to roll in with Derek Carr. Um, you know, like I just mentioned, this is redraft. So I'm looking to see who is, uh, who's going to have what kind of season this year. And, and I think Carr is going to have a pretty good season but I think ultimately uh, he comes in at uh, 24 instead of being higher because uh, I think he has limitations. You know, there's going to be he's not he's not terribly mobile, so he doesn't he's not going to have a big rushing floor. Um, historically, John Gruden targets his number one receiver. Uh, about 27% of the time. And while Antonio Brown is the number one receiver, which is good, uh, I don't know if that's good for Derek Carr um, to, to kind of have a scheme that's locked into just one receiver. You know, they, they've got a lot of question marks at tight end. Tyrell Williams is an adequate two. Um, there's a little bit of question about what their depth is. You know, Josh Jacobs is the running back. I'm not as high on him as a lot of people. Uh, I do think he'll be a, you know, a fairly competent receiving back. But if all the Raiders are doing is throwing the ball, then that gets their game script off. Uh, and and it allows the defense to tee off on them. So I, I went with... Uh, Derek Carr thinking, you know, we went top 24 instead of top 12 because there's, with the proliferation of super flex leagues, I, I think there is a great opportunity for um, Derek Carr to be a relevant quarterback. Maybe he ends up being a matchup quarterback with somebody like Andy Dalton, uh, Nick Foles, or Marcus Mariota, and, and you, you have two of them and you're playing matchups there. So that was where I'm at. I mean, Derek Carr is my number 24. Gotcha. Uh, so for me, um, I pretty much based my my rankings on the players around them and then how I think they're going to handle the year. Uh, for me, my 24 is Andy Dalton. Uh, he finished last year with about 200 and uh, what 276 points in fantasy. Uh, I think he's going to have a decent year this year. Obviously, we don't know what the offense is going to look like. Oh, man. Uh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong thing. We don't know what the offense is going to look like um, 
with Zach Taylor there now, the new head coach. Uh, obviously, they just signed Tyler Boyd to a new deal. A.J. Green is in his contract here. A lot of people are hoping for good things for Joe Mixon. Obviously, the early uh, injury to the offensive line is not going to help Cincinnati any. But I do think that Andy Dalton still has a serviceable year that puts him into that top 24. All right, so already we're starting off with two differences. Uh, I'm liking where this is going so far. So you've got Derek Carr, I've got Andy Dalton. Who is your 23rd ranked quarterback for the 2019 season? You know, I, I I struggled with this because in fantasy, you know, from the quarterback position, lately with the advent of the athletic quarterback, uh, the mantra is high rushing floor, high rushing floor. Uh, but a high rushing floor isn't going to do you a whole heck of a lot of good uh, if you're a terrible passer and you play in a in an offense that could likely rush the ball 600 times this year. Uh, that might be an exaggeration there, but uh, I, I have Lamar Jackson at 23. I I, I believe he's going to make some strides in the passing game. But man, last year he was—he showed that he had a long, 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 long way to go. Uh, and and yeah, he he looked good running the ball, but but I just don't think you can survive in the NFL as a quarterback if you're running the ball twenty times a game. Uh, you know, ten times a game is probably stretching it. So uh, I, I do have him at at twenty three. I do feel like with the uh, aforementioned rushing floor and the growth that uh, I think there will be in his passing game. You know, I don't think he's going to turn into to Drew Brees uh, this preseason, but I do think that he's going to be better than he was last year. Uh, he's, he's been working on it. He's been working in the offense now for uh, a year. And so I, I'm going to give him an opportunity to – to upside surprise me, but he is my number 23 quarterback there, Lamar Jackson. All right, for me, my 23 is Derek Carr. Uh, so he finished uh, 18th last year with 350 points. Uh, again, he they added Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams. They did lose Jared Cook, though, which I thought was kind of a, a big blow to them there at the tight end position. Obviously getting Josh Jacobs at running back as well, whatever you want to think about him. He, he's considered to be a very good and, and highly rated prospect. So they've, they've built some offensive weapons around Derek Carr. I think he's going to have a good year. Uh, I've got him going for just a little bit under 4,000 yards, around 21 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Uh, I like I think he's going to have a good year, but again, with quarterback, it's hard to say that because I just said I have him as my 23rd-ranked quarterback, and you're like, oh, man, you got to – you know, that, that's not that good, but quarterback is so deep. Like, you could almost oh, – there's a lot of these guys I have that are separated by, like, five to ten points. So you're looking at almost two touchdowns or a couple interceptions here or there could change everything. Uh, so I, I do think Derek Carr is going to have a, a decent year here all around, uh, but I do have him as my 23rd-ranked quarterback. Dennis, who do you have at 22? At 22, I have the esteemed veteran uh, out of Purdue playing for the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees. Wow. wow. Okay. What's that? I was saying wow. I was, I was just wow. I didn't think you dropped that far down, but okay. 
Go ahead, give it to me. Why do you have him down all the way down to twenty-two? Well, you know their their pass catching core is Michael Thomas and a bunch of question marks. Um, they've got Kamara, but you know we have to see what's going to happen. Is Kamara? Can he really carry a full load? Are they going to put lot? Lat Murray in the same role that uh, Ingram was in, and, and you know he he was down in attempts last year, and I I think as you, they get up towards you know forty one, forty two, forty three years old, uh, they have to be a little craftier with what they do, and uh, you can't drop back six hundred times, and and because uh, you're going to take some hits, and it's not. <clears throat> Drew doesn't have Ben Roethlisberger size. Drew is six foot and two fifteen. Uh, you know he's not Ben at six five and two forty five. So I I think that it, he's going to be a much better NFL quarterback as he finishes out his career than fantasy quarterback. And so will he have some big games? I think so, but I don't think he's going to be consistent because they are going to have a, a good running game. Um, their defense is getting better. And, and so they're likely to be in some closer games. You know, they're not going to be in shootouts uh, on a frequent basis, I don't think. And so I, I think it just, his, his opportunity is going to end up being a little more limited. Okay. Interesting. I don't have him anywhere near here, so that'll that'll be interesting to see how the rest of this shakes out. Um, for me, mine is, my twenty two is Lamar Jackson, so we're, we're kind of just missing each other here on on a couple of these guys. Uh, and I, I agree with everything you say. Really, the only reason I had him here and not lower is because of the floor and rushing. I think he's going to get a, a decent amount of rushing attempts. I mean, obviously, I don't think that's ideal for him, but I, he he's just a versatile athlete, athlete that I think that he's going to do it. Whether they want him to or not, I do think that he needs to improve on throwing the ball. I know there's a lot of talk about how he has done that. I just need to see it first, man. I can't believe it. As bad as he was last year, I can't imagine he made that man, that biggest stride already in one year. I'm not saying that he can't do it eventually, uh, but I think one year is just not going to be enough. So I've got him uh, right there at 22 for me, and he finished 32 last year with 207 Point nine points again, though, didn't really take over the starting job till I think it was week uh, week 11 or 12 after the Joe Flacco injury in the bye week. So not a um, – obviously didn't play a full season, but but still put up some pretty decent points with 200 points uh, in last year's season. Who's your 21? You know, my, my 21, it, it hurts me to my core. Uh, you know, I, I've got Matthew Stafford at 21. Okay. And – I I like Stafford's talent and and I think he's he's kind of one of those guys that if they let him he'd throw the ball 50 times a game he'd like he he has the mentality that he'd be okay being a gunslinger but I don't know that Matt Patricia and Daryl Bevel are going to run the offense that way Patricia was already going away from uh a, a wide open offense last year and bringing in Daryl Bevel, who uh, is a fairly conservative, run-oriented offensive coordinator, who has Carry On Johnson at his disposal. 
I think Carryon Johnson is an is a an excellent running back, and I think Johnson is going to get all he can handle. And so I think the the person that loses in this change in offensive philosophy is going to be Stafford. I, I think I don't think it affects Galladay quite as much because I think Galladay uh, is going to still be the number one target, and so he'll be the target hog. Um, Marvin Jones will still get, you know, wide receiver two targets, but it's going to affect the rest, the overall, the balance of the receivers uh, across the board and Stafford and the number of passes that he's going to throw. So I expect him to take a drop this year. All right. So for me, mine's going to be Mitchell Biscuits. Mitchell Biscuits. Mitchell Trubisky uh, actually had a very good year last year, finishes a 15th quarterback with 383 points. Uh, and again, I don't think he takes a huge step backwards here. I still think he's going to have a decent amount of yardage. Uh, um, he's going to rush the ball, I would imagine. Uh, what did he have last year? I think 400 yards rushing. So I think he's going to come in 420 yards rushing. Uh, I think he's going to come in right around that, probably right around 390 to 400 yards rushing still. Um, I, I just don't – I think that defense is still going to be good that I imagine they're not going to get in any kind of shootouts, which will allow him to put up more points. I think that Matt Nagy is going to rely more on the run now when he's got a guy like David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen there in the backfield who can really kind of mix it up with Montgomery. Um, so I do think that they're going to lean heavier on the run game, especially in the wintertime when it starts to get cold up north. Run game defense is the way those teams usually play. I imagine that's the way it's going to go for Mitchell Trubisky. So I see him dropping a little bit in my rankings all the way down to 21. Dennis, who you got at 20? At 20, I have Sam Darnold. Um, We're just not. I think. We're not matching up You know what? This is crazy. Adam Gase is just a a fuckstick, man. (laughs) I I, got to be honest. I'm completely guessing with Darnold. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what what Adam Gase is going to do. Gase could go in there and completely destroy Le'Veon Bell by not giving him the ball and only throwing him a few passes and letting Darnold sling it all over the field. Or Gase could go in and he could run a conservative offense because he has one of the top running backs in the game. Uh, and, and so it's a lot of handoff and a lot of swing passes and, and not a lot of stuff down the field. Uh, they, they've they lost Herndon for four games. Uh, and while there's some potential with the receivers in Anderson, Inunua, and Crowder, none of them have been consistent over the course of an entire season. Well, I take that back. Crowder has been consistent over the course of an entire season. But that's been about three years ago. Uh, since then, he's been battling injuries, and now we're in a situation where, I, I, you know, I want Darnold to have a good year uh, because I own some shares of uh, Robbie Anderson and Quincy Inunua, and, and especially Chris Herndon. So I want Darnold to – I want the Jets to be a passing offense, but I, I just don't know what Adam Gase is going to do. And so that kind of – puts me down thinking when I look at, you know, Roethlisberger and Josh Allen and Dak and Rivers and Goff, and I'm like, can I, am I comfortable putting, putting Donald over a lot of these guys? And the answer is no. Is it within the, 
range of outcomes that Darnold finishes, you know, 12, 13, 14. Oh, yeah, it's, it's very reasonable. But I have to put him somewhere, and 20 is where he landed. Yeah, I hear you. In all honesty, um, I don't have him ranked in my top 24, just just based on that. And and when we get to the running backs in the next episode, because I've already started ranking mine out, uh, Le'Veon Bell is actually pretty low for me as well on that, because I'm right there with you. I just don't know what to think of Adam Gase. Uh, so yeah, Darnold did not even make my, my top 24. Uh, at 20 for me, I got Jimmy GQ. I am a little bit worried about him. I know a lot of people love him based on what they've seen in limited fast flashes. And that's the problem. We've only seen it in limited amounts. If you really go back and look at his stats, they're they're not as stellar as a lot of people think they are. He's got a lot of games where he only throws like one touchdown. Uh, and there's very few where he's actually, there's like a handful he's thrown two. And you need to throw multiple touchdowns to be productive in fantasy. I do think that that's going to happen if he can stay healthy all year. Again, in Kyle Shanahan's offense, they've got a ton of weapons around him now. A loaded backfield with, with Coleman, McKinnon, and Breida. you got George Kittle. Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel, Marquise Goodwin, uh, among others. I can't even think of some of the other guys right now, but they're loaded. Uh, So I do think if if Garoppolo can stay healthy, he is going to kind of actually put up some decent numbers this year. So I got him right there at 20. We are now into the teens. Dennis, who you got at 19? Well, at 19 is where I'm I'm – Trying to project, and, and I'll, I'll compare uh, my number 19 quarterback, which is Kyler Murray, to Lamar Jackson. So they both kind of have that perception of being very mobile, going to run, high, high r- rushing floor. Um, the difference for me is that Baltimore is going to be a run-first offense, and Arizona is going to be a throw-first first offense you know Arizona's already talking running a lot of three and four wide receivers you know Ricky Seals Jones is their starting tight end who's a a former wide receiver who will be split out in the slot uh frequently David Johnson you know we've all seen how well he can catch the ball and so the potential is there for Murray uh to to be able to throw more I think his his floor. I I feel like they're gonna they're gonna want to rein in his running a little bit, in part just because he's not real big, and so they they're gonna have to pull back to keep him healthy. But he he's gonna be in a throwing offense, um, and and it's gonna just depend on how does he mature as an NFL quarterback. So I'm going with Kyler Murray as my number nineteen quarterback next year. I'm not gonna lie. I am. I am proud of you for having him at least that high. I really did not think he was gonna make your top twenty-four. So that is, that's good to hear because I actually don't have him that far off of where you have him right now. Uh, for me, my number nineteen is Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are gonna say this is cowboy haterism because he's finished right around the the fifteen to ten mark every single year so far. I just don't. Well, they'd be right. No, they wouldn't. The, the only reason, and I, and I say this in true, I do think Dak is going to have a good year. He, he has proven that he can do it. I just don't think he's an elite quarterback like others do. Obviously, he brings the rushing game in, which is awesome. Uh, that Nowadays, quarterbacks who bring you that, obviously, are just a step above everybody else. Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, you know, Josh Allen, uh, Russell Wilson. 
Uh, Carson Wentz does it a little bit. We'll see what Kyler Murray can bring to that game. You know, Baker Mayfield does a little bit of that, but not as much. Like, you need those guys to do it because you have guys, and I'll compare Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady, two of the, the best quarterbacks in the game probably. Phillip Rivers doesn't run at all. And so even though he's putting up all kinds of crazy NFL numbers, he doesn't put up those fantasy numbers because you don't get those rushing yards. Now, Tom Brady doesn't do it either, but Tom Brady's just putting up even better, mostly because of the touchdowns that he throws in the high-powered New England offenses. He does get some rushing touchdowns every year when he does the goal line line sneaks that help as well. Uh, But those guys, because of their rushing floor, I think kind of hurt themselves a little bit in fantasy Dak has a good team around him, and I imagine they're going to continue to rely on Zeke. And that that's, I think, part of it. The other part is, I just don't know what this offense is going to be. New offensive coordinator. I don't know how much I want to trust Dak is going to be throwing the ball down the field. I do think that Amari Cooper is go- not going to be locked down completely, but locked up a little bit. We saw him come over and have a fantastic year last year with the Cowboys, which is very rare. It does not happen that often for wide receivers who are traded in the middle of the year. But it also now gave defenses an entire year now to watch that and see what they did with him. We don't know what Michael Gallup is going to be yet. We don't know if Randall Cobb is going to be anything close to what he was in Green Bay. So for me, all those questions combined, the only question I don't have is Zeke. Zeke's going to be good. We know that. But he doesn't have a tight end to go to either. Lost his his little outlet guy in Cole Beasley. I know they brought back Jason Witten. They're not going to allow him to bring his walker onto the field. I don't think he's going to do much for him. I just don't. So Dak is going to fall down the ranks for me a little bit. It's only four spots. You know, he finished. I know he finished higher than 15 last year, but he's finished right around there the past couple years. So I'm only dropping him a little bit. I still think he's going to have a fantastic year. Uh, But the uh, the new offensive coordinator and offensive scheme does worry me a little bit, enough to drop him in my ranks. Uh, And really, there's only two guys ahead of him. And I'll let you guys know when we get to him that I would think about moving up ahead of them. Uh, but for right now, he's gonna stay, he's gonna fall at 19 for me. Uh, who is your 18? Uh, I'm going with Jameis Winston. Um, I, I like Winston to, you know, continue to throw the ball. I I, I do think though that Winston is turnover prone, um, and he doesn't, you know, he's got a very low rushing floor. Uh, I, I think he can get out of the pocket a little bit to to avoid pressure. Um, but I do think that he has a tendency to make mistakes. And if Tampa goes to a, a high volume throwing offense, because uh, frankly they don't have they, they don't have much in the running back category. Uh, it, it, it's Mike Evans, it's Chris Godwin, it's OJ Howard, it's Cameron Brait, uh, and and you know we'll see what happens at running back. So they're, they're going to throw the ball, but I, I just think that his he's going to run into issues with uh, uh, consistency uh, and making mistakes, and, and that's where I think what I think is going to push him down. Now, I, I could see Winston completely, you know, looking like he has a better season than he does, buoyed by a couple 500-yard, five-touchdown games. Um, but I think overall, I think Winston, you know, Mid mid range QB two, and you know, as I talk talk through this, I'm probably a little low on him. But as I look at the people in front of him, I'm I'm not I'm not real comfortable uh, moving him up. So uh, I'm going with Winston. I got you. Yeah, Winston was one of the harder guys for me to rank, uh, and um, it seems like much like a lot of the guys here. I've got him a, a couple of spots ahead of of where you have him. Uh, for me, at 18, it's Tom Brady. Uh, we've talked about this a lot throughout the offseason. I think their offensive game plan 
uh, is going to change a little bit here. I think they are going to lean more run heavily. I think that's why they brought in Damian Harris. Uh, obviously, got Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead. Uh, just loaded in the backfield. I'm not as big a believer in Nikhil Harry. I think Julian Edelman is going to be solid in the wide receiver core, but I do think they're going to move more toward kind of what they were when Tom Brady first joined that team in defense and the run game. So I'm going to drop him, drop him down to 18. Still think he's going to have, uh, you know, a, a fairly good year. Uh, lately, he's been right around the 30 touchdown mark. I imagine he gets pretty close to that. Probably uh, um, what I have written down here is probably right around 4,200 yards, 27 touchdowns. So uh, I think he's still going to have a really good season. Just not as, as bad as or good as he has been here of late. I think he's going to slowly start to continue to to fall backwards as he has the past couple of years. Who do you have at seventeen? At seventeen, I've got uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. I uh, I feel like Garoppolo, um, while not being uh, very consistent, he hasn't put up very good numbers because he's been. Uh, Injured. That's a. It's a team that's right now. They have a coaching staff that has shown in the past that they can run a scheme that's going to score some points. Uh, and so I'm betting on Kyle Shanahan because I think Garoppolo has the tools, and I think Debo Samuel, uh, Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin. I think these are all guys that are going to, their game is going to be elevated. Uh, George Kittle, uh, if, if I forgot him, uh, is a top tier tight end. And I think with their running backs, they've got, they've got a bunch of clones essentially that can, that are capable inside runners, um, maybe not superstars, uh, and, and capable pass catchers. So, Regardless of who's in the backfield, they can run whatever portion of their playbook that they want to. They don't really have to to alter any of that. And so I'm going to bet on the coach and the coaching scheme. Uh, and and Jimmy Garoppolo is coming in at 17 for me. All right, and I did forget to mention it. Tom Brady is one of the guys that I might move behind Dak Prescott, as I was talking about. Uh, but for me at 17 uh, is Kyler Murray. Uh, much of what you talked about, I think uh, he's got a, 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 I don't want to say a very safe floor in rushing because I don't know how much he's going to do that at the NFL level. I think that's a common misconception on him. Uh, I don't, Kyler Murray did not run the ball as much as we thought he did in college football. He did that when he needed to. For the most part, he did a lot of what Baker Mayfield did, which was run around in the backfield and around the line of scrimmage to find time to or buy time to get the ball to someone down the field. But a lot of people saw what he was able to do at times, especially in the national championship game. And thought, oh, that's exactly what Kyle Murray, Kyler Murray. My goodness, I cannot talk. Kyler Murray does all the time. No, he just had guys like Quinn and Williams chasing him. And at that point, you might as well just try and get upfield. And he couldn't do that because Quinn and Williams is a, is a monster. But I do think Kyler Murray has a good arm. He's moving and going to a de- an offense that's going to work perfectly for him. Um, with, uh, my goodness, why did I just forget his name? Oh, my God. I, ha- I I just feel like an idiot now. Offensive coordinator. Or not offensive coordinator. Head coach. Texas Tech. Why can't I remember his name, Dennis? Help me out here. I've gone completely blank. Cliff Kingsbury. 
Yeah. Okay. So Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, you're right. You got it. Yeah. I don't know why. I was. I was. I'm. I'm I, I hate to say this. I was just looking at something that Todd Munkin said, and all of a sudden, that's the only name I had in my head. I could not get it out of my head. But yes, Cliff Kingsbury. I think that's the perfect offensive coach and head coach for Kyler Murray. I love the team that they have around him, weapons-wise. Don't necessarily love the offensive line there, uh, but I do love the, off, the the weapons they have around him. Uh, so I do think Kyler Murray is going to have a good year. I can actually see him ending up higher than 17, uh, but right now I'm going to do like a safer projection and just put him right around 17 for me this year. Who do you have at 16? I have uh, the KG vet, uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger at 16. Wow. Man, you're dropping everybody in your rankings. You know, I, I'm – so there's Juju and there's A.B. And they were – and Le'Veon Bell. So you got the big three there. And they threw the ball quite a lot. You know, with Connor, they don't throw the ball quite as much to the back like they did when Bell was in there. A.B. left, and Juju has to step up. Uh, Vance McDonald, who I really like as a tight end, uh, but frankly has a history of not staying healthy, and so there's a little bit of gamble there. James Washington, who I like as a prospect, but had a little bit of the drop season. He didn't, I don't think he kind of came on quite like it was expected last year. Uh, you know, they brought in Moncrief, and I got to be honest, I feel like if Moncrief was going to do it, Moncrief would have done it. And, he, you know, he's on his third team now, uh, and he just hasn't hasn't broke out. You know, maybe he's the second coming of Brandon Lloyd, but I don't think so. And that Then we get down to Ryan Switzer and Deontay Johnson. So I, I feel like with Connor, with Benny Snell, with Jalen Samuels, I I feel like they're going to slow the offense down and run some more, you know, put a little put a little effort into the defense and try to, to keep the games a little bit closer so they're not having to play catch up. So I, I think it comes down to uh, volume with Ben, and I think he's going to end up uh, dropping down just because he's not get they're not getting the volume in the passing game. All right, so my number 16 is Phillip Rivers. Uh, so last year he finished as the 11th quarterback with 435 points. Again, I think he's going to have a fairly decent year. Did lose Tyrell Williams, which is not a necessarily a huge weapon for him, especially if you believe Mike Williams is going to be able to step up into that role. May, may outproduce Tyrell Williams, but Tyrell Williams was a, was a decent deep threat for him at times. Uh, in that offense, obviously, he is getting Hunter Henry back as well. So he should have a lot of good weapons around him. We'll see what happens with Melvin Gordon. Uh, we obviously don't know yet. This, the reports seem to be that those two are very far off from their contract talks. That still has Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson there, though, to step up into that. You know, I think he's going to have somewhere close to like 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns. So I think he's going to have a good year. Not a bad year at all. I like the weapons and the team around him altogether. I think they are Super Bowl contenders, but I have him. Right down there at 16 for me, he was the other guy that I might move Dak Prescott ahead of at some point, uh, but that that's it at that point. So the highest I would have him is 16. So again, not, not that far off that top 15, uh, top 15 quarterbacks. And now we're jumping into our top 15. Dennis, who do you have right there at 15? Well, I'm going with the big gunslinger out of Wyoming and Josh Woo! Allen and the Buffalo Bills. We finally matched on somebody. All right. Let's go. <laughs> 
So, you know, Allen has that rushing floor and he's got Ben Roethlisberger size. So while I, I'll for, forever be frustrated with Josh Allen's uh, lack of accuracy, uh, I imagine, uh, I, I think he's in a great position to uh, grow with a, a pretty young team and take a step forward this year. I think he's going to have a, a decent year. Uh, you know, I think top 15 is is pretty good for your second year when it comes to fantasy points. They've got a lot. They've got question marks at every other skill position. Um, it, you know, I don't know that Devin Singletary is the answer at running back. Uh, Frank Gore and Shady McCoy are combined 641 years old. Uh, TJ Yeldon has shown that he's a satellite back and that's it. Uh, their tight end room is a, a veritable, who the hell is that? Uh, you know, Dawson Knox, Jason Kroom, uh, Tyler Croft, combination of who's that injuries and rookies. Um, and then wide receiver, you know, they, they need somebody to step up. They brought in Cole Beasley, but Beasley's not an outside guy. He's a slot guy. I, I don't know how well that suits uh, Josh Allen's game. Uh, Robert Foster, Zay Jones, John Brown, they're all uh, outside guys that can go get the ball. So it, it may work out that, you know, he I, I could see a, a world where in 2019, Josh Allen leads the league in yards per attempt. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have much to add to that. Um, I, I do think that his rushing alone could jump him higher than 15. Um, and I hope that he can get a little bit better accuracy-wise. But obviously, just like you were saying, that, that's kind of his biggest question. Yeah, but he's got probably one of the biggest arms. I mean, he's probably just right behind Patrick Mahomes, but he's right there with one of the biggest arms in the game right now. Got some decent weapons on the outside. I, I'm a, probably a bigger believer in Singletary than you are, uh, but I don't think it's something that's going to change his fantasy stock much in, in Allen, that is, at least. Yeah. Uh, so, you, you wouldn't know it by my drafts, but well, <laughs> I, I've got a few shares of Devin Singletary. Um, so do I. He falls way too late, I, like I said. But we've also both been on the train that McCoy's going to get cut. Well, not a lot of people believe right. that, so... But, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't really have much other than add than that. Then, yeah, he, you pretty much touched on all the points. Like I said, the only thing for me is I think rushing alone could jump him higher, but I felt like this was a safe spot for him right outside that top 12. Uh, I know we're not going to match on the next guy because you've already named him. So who is your number 14? My number 14 is Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. Uh, I'm a believer in uh, – Mitch continuing to progress. Uh, I, I like Allen Robinson. I like Anthony Miller. Uh, I love David Montgomery. Uh, I think Shaheen is a nice fallback for when Burton doesn't work out. Um, I, I think they've built that. They have a great offensive line in Chicago. Um, and so I think Trubisky is another big guy that can run the ball. So he's got a, a good rushing floor. Uh, they've got Tariq Cohen, who's an excellent pass catcher. So he's got weapons around him that will support him uh, better, I think, than Josh Allen 
has weapons around him that will support him. So I, I like Trubisky. I, I think he's going to take another step this year. And, you know, coming in at 14, I think, uh, reflects that. All right, so for me, 14 is Jameis Winston, a guy you talked about just a couple spots ago. Uh, me, for, for me, Winston, uh, again, much like I was just talking about with Josh Allen, I think could finish higher. He has the ability to, has a ton of weapons around him and Howard, Godwin, and then obviously Mike Evans. Backfield's a little sketchy, but again, I don't think that's going to affect his value much. We'll see what Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich decide to do here. I know Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator, but I, I think everybody would be fooling themselves if Bruce if they don't think Bruce Arians has some kind of hand in the offensive playbook. I do think he's going to be be helping Leftwich a little bit with the play calling. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Winston. I would not be surprised if he completely out just blows out this ranking and ends up in like the top five, six, seven, eight. Uh, but for right now, I'm going to keep him right outside because I do think if he starts to struggle, they may just move on from him. They have not signed him to a new deal yet. He, he's literally in a contract year, could become a free agent next year. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I do think that alone, though, could propel Winston uh, to finally decide to put it all together because we haven't really seen that with the struggles on and off the field, really. Uh, but I do think he finally puts it all together and, and has a, a really good, another good year for fantasy football. All right, we, we are, we're almost there. This is the last guy outside of the top-tier quarterbacks, the top 12. So who is it? Who for you, Dennis, finishes at 13 right outside that top 12? Well, for me, my 13th quarterback is, is you know, sort of has the, the good combination of rushing floor uh, and good passing, nice weapons around him, and has – I could see my my number 13 quarterback, I could see him finishing top eight this year. Uh, my number 13 quarterback is Dak Prescott. Okay. So Prescott has been very consistent. He, he, you know, he gets six touchdowns rushing every year, about 300 yards of, uh, on the ground. Um, Amari Cooper, uh, for the struggles he's had, is the best wide receiver that Dak Prescott's ever played with. Uh, when Dez was there, Dez was pretty far. Dez was had faded pretty good by the time Prescott took over. Uh, I think Michael Gallup is uh, an emerging talent, and with Gallup uh, or with with Cooper seeing double teams. I think that's going to really open up Gallup on the other side for a good portion of the season to be have single coverage, and I think Gallup is going to explode, and that's going to that's going to pull the the defense away from the line some, which is going to make it convenient for uh, Dak to run, Zeke to run. The Cowboys' tight end is a mess. Uh, they're also they're going to need Randall Cobb to step up. Uh, and show that he's healthy and that he can be a slot guy or else they're going to need somebody else to step up and take that slot job. But I think Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, those are two great weapons that I think Dak Prescott will be able to use uh, and have a, he's going to have a career year this year. All right, so for me, my guy to finish right outside the top 12 is Jared Goff. Uh, obviously, great team around him, made it to the Super Bowl last year, NFC 
uh, and made it into the playoffs the year before. Obviously, Sean McVay highly touted as an offensive genius, and, and he has not proven anybody wrong with that moniker either. He has done a very good job. Tons of weapons around him. Uh, just, I think, uh, going to be a little bit of a struggle this year, especially if Todd Gurley does take a little bit of a step back. Uh, we'll see. I could be wrong. Jared Goff, again, another one of those quarterbacks that's looking to try and get a new contract here soon. Could, could completely outdo this projection. Uh, I know he's finished a much higher here in the past couple seasons, but with the, I just don't have anybody in my top 12. There's one guy who you actually dropped pretty low, and not, not Drew Brees, so that might give away who I'm talking about, that I could drop out of my top 13 or top 12 right now, but I've, I've got him up there just because I, I just I can't. I can't do it right now. I still am a believer in him and that team as much as it bothers me. So Jared Goff, 13 for me. So let that, that's it right there. That all those guys, QB twos, we're here. We've reached our top twelve. This this is the big boys right here. This is guys in fantasy you really really want. At least probably maybe because they're probably only gonna be separated by a couple points here and there. But who right now is your last quarterback in that tier one in that top twelve? So my number twelve quarterback um, has the potential to be a quarterback one, to be the quarterback one. He could he can be top three. Um, the issue that keeps him from doing that is simply volume, and that's Russell Wilson. Okay. They 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 if they didn't rush the ball six hundred times a year, if they threw the ball more, you know he's got weapons. Uh, you know Tyler Lockett is good. He had Doug Baldwin in the past. He's put up good seasons. His rushing game is going to help, but. I think as he's getting older, he's not running as much. And when you have Chris Carson and Rashad Penny in the backfield, you kind of don't have to rush as much. So they've got a they've got a really strong running game. Uh, I, Ru- Russell Wilson, what he, his running game now is more of I'm going to get away from pressure and throw the ball down the field. So he's going to need DK Metcalf. He's going to need David Moore. He's going to need Tyler Lockett. Uh, He's going to need them to step up and and be better receivers. Uh, I, I think that he, he's very efficient and he's smart with the ball. And, and I think Tyler Lockett could be in for just a, a phenomenal year if Moore and Metcalf and the cast of thousands can't step up. You know, they've got some questions at tight end. Who, who's going to – is somebody going to – step up and be a consistent receiving threat at tight end. I don't think we know that yet for Seattle. Um, and so that's what lands Russell Wilson at 12 for me. All right. My number 12 is is big Ben Roethlisberger. He was one I was just talking about there with Jared Goff that I could end up dropping out. I just – he was so good last year. And, again, I know he had A.B. He did not have Bell, though. So 524 points last year was ridiculous. He also threw the ball a ton, I, I know – uh, I believe, what was it, they attempted 675 throws, uh, which was over 100 more than like his next highest. Uh, the best other year he had was 2014 with 608. So just, uh, he threw the ball a lot. Let's just go with that, 5,000 yards. I don't think he does that or anything close to that, obviously. But I do think that one million yeah, times. Well, well, no, I was I was sitting there, I was going to start cussing, and I was like, no, don't cuss, and then so it all kind of came jumbled together there. Uh, but yeah, so 
Uh, obviously, I don't think he throws for 5,000 yards. I think he probably throws for closer to like 42, 4,300, which is still a good year. Uh, but I do think he dropped some of the touchdowns not having A.B. I'm not as worried about the offense as others are. Uh, I do think James Washington is going to be a viable two there. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be just fine as the one there without A.B. Uh, and I like the mixture of Connors and Samuels together. They may not throw the ball lots of Connors, but I do think Samuels can do a lot in the receiving game. Obviously, neither one of them is going to be Le'Veon Bell, but I think together they can bring back somewhat close to that production, which is going to help Big Ben. And his fantasy points, so again, right there at 12, still in the in the top elite for me. Who do you have at number 11? At number 11, I have got, you know, one of my favorite uh, late-round fantasy quarterbacks for virtually his entire career. Uh, he's just somebody that I've tried to target when I can, uh, especially when I can get a receiver uh, and, and stack them together. Uh, but it's Philip Rivers. You know, the Chargers throw the ball a lot. They've got a good running game with, with Gordon. I don't think Gordon holds out very long. I think he'll be back in time to, to get some work in and start the season. But Gordon catches a, a lot of balls. They've got Hunter Henry. They've got Mike Williams. And they've got Keenan Allen. So th- there's, there's a, a lot of people to catch the ball and you know when you then throw in austin eckler uh i forget they brought in somebody as their wide receiver three and i can't remember who it is off the top of my taylor gabriel is there now i think um but he's been a consistent producer uh in that you know 10 to 15 10 to 12 8 to 12 range and i I just feel like that's where he's going to come in again uh and so I, I've got Rivers at 11. All right. So for me, at 11, I got my guy, Kirky Cousins. I think uh, he did finish his quarterback nine, I think, last year is what it was. So uh, a little bit of a drop for him again. I, could, I think this is one guy that I'm dead wrong on. Uh, but I just liked everybody ahead of him except for Drew Brees, who I'll just say I have him one spot ahead of him at eight. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 449 points last year, is quarterback nine. Uh, second year in this system, they've tried to improve the offensive line a little bit. Obviously, if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, that is going to help him out a ton. Um, I, I think the team is going to be, as much as I hate to say this, much better next year. Um, when, my goodness, I just uh, I can't remember his name. I'll get to him in a minute while I think of his name. Uh, but I do think Stephon Diggs. And Adam Thielen are going to continue to ball out. They will have a a really good year, at least at the wide receiver position. I can see both finishing in the top 12. So that alone right there is going to get him some points. If he can bring up his rushing production like he showed uh, uh, he could do in Washington, he could jump up even higher as well. Uh, Irv Smith is who I was trying to think of. Irv Smith, I think, is what's going to propel them even to a next level next year because I don't think he's going to do much this year with Kyle Rudolph there, but I can see him taking over and being the tight end one there and give him just another huge dominant threat down in the red zone. Um, other than that, though, I'm, I'm trying to think if I have anything else to add to him, and I don't. So uh, right there for me, 11, again, he could go higher. I would not be surprised if he just shoots up the board and finishes as probably a top six or seven quarterback. We've seen him do it. He did it almost every single year he was in Washington. This was kind of that first year he really fell down the rankings. Uh, and, again, I think with him being that second year in the, in the Minnesota offense, he could take a step forward. But I've got him at 11. 
Uh, who is your number 10 quarterback, Dennis? Coming in at number 10 for me uh, is Jared Goff. You know, the Rams have an offense that sustains three wide receiver twos. And unfortunately for Gerald Everett, they don't do a lot with the tight end. And Todd Gurley, I, you know, for everything that's happened during the offseason, I think Todd Gurley is going to be just fine. Uh, no, he's not going to get the same number of touches he did last year. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, he's going to get plenty of touches. He's going to still catch a good amount of passes. Uh, and then when Gurley's not in there, uh, the running back that is in there, whether it's Brown or Henderson or Kelly, will do just fine. Uh, but they're, they're a throw-the-ball throw team and give it to their stud running back. So when, you, when you've got three wide receiver twos, your your quarterback has to be up there somewhere. You can't just you know, it, it's uh, I, I know I've seen seen some talk this off season about how everybody's high on the uh, the uh, Buccaneers receivers, but they don't think Goff is going to do well. Or everybody's high on um, oh who was it? Uh, you know, San Francisco's receivers, but Jimmy Garoppolo isn't isn't rated very high and. You know, if your receivers are going to be, if if your receivers are putting up points, your quarterback has to put up points. So I, I have Jared Goff at number ten. All right. So at number ten, I don't know why I said eight. Uh, I have Drew Brees. I, I, I was not thinking there for a minute. Uh, so for me, Drew Brees at ten. Uh, he finishes the number seven quarterback last year with four hundred and fifty nine points. The only thing that really worries me about Drew Brees is who is going to step up besides Michael Thomas. Uh, I don't. I, I like Ted Ginn. Uh, he's going to have his games where he goes off, but he's not at all consistent. You know, I, I, Jared I'm bringing over Jared Cook, I think, was huge for them. I think that's going to help them out a lot. Finally giving him uh, a really good tight end option since Jimmy Graham left, so that might help him out a little bit. But again, Ted Ginn, back to the wide receivers. Ted Ginn, not that consistent. You know, Keith Kirkwood, I'm not a believer in. Traquan Smith had a, a couple good games, but didn't really do much there either. Um, I was a big believer in Cameron Meredith, but he just can't seem to stay on the field. So outside of Michael Thomas, I don't know who's going to step up and help him give those points. They might lean heavier on the running game like you were talking about earlier, but I don't see that as much uh, because I'm not 100% sold that Alvin Kamara can carry the full workload. And as much as I like Latavius Murray, I think he is more of a guy that you can bring in and give, you know, I would say eight to ten touches a game, but not a guy that really can be relied upon that much. I, I know we had a decent year in Minnesota with Dalvin Cook going down. Just not sure that I, can, I see it happening here in New Orleans, but I just can't drop him, man. I, I, Drew Brees has just proven it over and over again. I, I could be wrong. He could finish closer to 20, I think is where you had him. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, but I, I would. I'm going to be that guy who's going to be the last one to jump off the Titanic here because I just Drew Brees is just so good. I can't. I can't doubt him. So I have him at ten uh, in my rankings. Who do you have at number nine? You know, I I have Brees at twenty two, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he finishes in the top ten. But you know, that's that's. A different story. Hey, At number you. nine, yeah. I have uh, Kirk Cousins. Okay, gotcha. Uh, you know, I I I think Cousins is a uh, uh, underrated. He, he's he he 
kind of catches a bad rap. He's a, he's a decent quarterback, and he's got some really good receiving options. And if uh, Dalvin Cook stays healthy this year, Cook can catch the ball too. And uh, those those uh, yards count for Kirk Cousins as well. Uh, there is, uh, you know, the, we need to figure out who the number three wide receiver is going to be in Minnesota right now. I guess Chad Beebe has the inside uh, track to it. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is, is uh, you know, he's a, a end zone guy. Uh, so if they start running some 12 personnel, that might get Irv Smith on the field and, and open up some passing options there, uh, you know, to be kind of the de facto third wide receiver. But I, I like Cousins uh, to put up top 10 numbers. At number nine, I'm, I'm very comfortable with him there. All right, so for me, mine is uh, Cam Newton. Uh, I've got him at uh, nine here, right? That's where we're at, nine. I'm losing count. Uh, so last year he finished at 14 with 410 points. My biggest fear with Cam is the shoulder, which we will see what happens in preseason. Ron Rivera has already come out and said that he's going to be on somewhat of a pitch count with him throwing the ball because they want to make sure that shoulder stays healthy. Love the weapons around him and Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and Christian McCaffrey, though. you got Greg Olson, who is on his last leg, but Ian Thomas stepped up and looked good last year. I'm thinking he'll take a step forward this year and prove to be an even better offensive weapon from the tight end position. Love the weapons around him, and then again, he's one of the best running quarterbacks in the game. Uh, you know, he's kind of the one who's really come in here since probably Steve Young. I'm probably forgetting someone. Uh, Donovan McNabb's another guy. I'm probably forgetting a couple guys in between their era and Cam Newton. But I think he's really revolutionized the, the running quarterback position, especially with how big he is and how physical he can play the game. do think that is kind of the reason why he suffered the injuries he suffered. But uh, that all that being said, he's, he's a phenomenal athlete, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I've got him right up there at nine. Dennis, who do you have at eight? Um, well, I don't quibble with your number nine at all because I have Cam Newton at eight. Okay. For for all of the very same reasons, you know, he's he's a a, a short yardage touchdown rushing guy at six five two fifty. You know, he's got a good arm. He's he has struggled with accuracy throughout his career, and coming off the shoulder surgery. Um, He's going to need to, to work to make sure he keeps his shoulder healthy. But you're right. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Ian Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, you know, he's got a slew of weapons, and they all add up to passing yardage. Yeah. So uh, at, at number eight, Cam Newton is a, is a shoe-in. Yeah, and the one thing I want to add on all those guys, too, uh, they are yak monsters as well. All those guys, if they make one defender miss in the short area, can take it to the house. So you don't even have to worry necessarily about Cam Newton throwing the deep ball as well because all three of those guys can do damage after they make the catch. Uh, for me, my number eight is Russell Wilson. Uh, finishes QB 10 last year with 439 points. Uh, I don't disagree with some of the stuff Dennis was saying earlier on them trying to lean heavier on the run game and defense. I mean, that's kind of what Seattle has been based on. The one thing that worries me about that is their offensive line still sucks, in my opinion. So I think Russell Wilson is going to have to run around a little bit more for his life. Um, love the weapons they have. Again, I'm one of those guys who's a, a bigger believer in DK Metcalf than others. I think him and Tyler Lockett on the outside are going to give Russ the ability to throw the ball deep. Again, 
Another reason why he's up here is his rushing yards. He does a really good job of getting rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Um, kind of actually dipped a little bit compared to the year prior. 376 yards last year, 586 the year prior. I think he's going to get uh, more than 300, but not 500, if that may. I'm, I've got him right around the 420 range, uh, and I've got him with a couple touchdowns as well in the rushing game. Uh, but the other thing that I love about Russ is he rarely throws interceptions. His touchdown to interception ratio has been ridiculous outside of his rookie year where he threw 26 and 10. Uh, I think he's going to do the same thing this year, uh, multiple years of single-digit interceptions, and that's going to help him. And I do think he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns as well, probably over 30. That's kind of been his trend the past couple years. I think that continues. So Russell Wilson is up there at eight for me. Who do you have at number seven? Number seven, I have Matt Ryan. Whoa! Yeah, I think the Whoa! return of we're, 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 dude, we got it again. We matched again. Yeah, we matched again. Right on. All right. All right. Now you can give all the analysis. So, so let me just sit back and relax. So go ahead. Yeah, you know what analysis is there to give? He's got uh, <laughs> Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and uh, Mohamed Sanu, uh, Austin Hooper. You know the. Good pass catching running back and Devontae Freeman. So, uh, you know, he was, I think he was QB2 last year. So we're probably selling him short at QB7. Yeah, he was. Uh, So he finished QB2 with 531 points. The only reason I dropped him this far is there's one guy, and it's going to hurt my heart to say it, it's Baker. Baker, I do have ahead of him. Obviously, I would imagine you do as well. There's no way he's outside of your top 24. Uh, So Baker is the only guy on this list I would consider dropping below him based purely on what we've seen Matt Ryan do throughout his career. The one thing I'll say is, and he has done it a lot, in throwing over 600 times, which is what we were talking about with Big Ben. So he threw 608 times last year, which was a little bit of a departure from what he had done the couple years prior with 529 and 534. Uh, But again, it's his touchdown-to-interception ratio, much like Russell Wilson's. I think that separates him from the pack. 35-7 and last year, 38-7 in 2016. Uh, Not not so good in 2017, 20, and 12, but still – that, I think, is going to be the thing. You just touched on a lot of great weapons around him. Hopefully, you got Devonta Freeman coming back. We'll stay healthy all year. I think the defense is going to be better, which is why I gave him a little bit of a knock. They've got a lot of guys coming back that are going to be healthy. So I don't think they're going to be in as many shootouts as they were this year. I don't think he's going to get as many garbage time points uh, as he did last year, just trying to throw the Falcons back into the game. I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit more. So that was the biggest reason why I dropped him. But we are I would not disagree with you. We might be selling him a little bit short, having him at six. But again, the guys that I have that we're about to go over here, Baker is the only one that I might drop below him. But with his weapons, it's just so hard to do. So... Because I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I could. It's one of those situations where I look at the names in front of him, and I, I feel like if I'm predicting, I'm going to predict he's going to finish here. If he finishes one, two, three, four, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And they did invest two relatively high draft picks in offensive linemen this year as well. So, you know, they're they're trying to take care of him and make sure he stays healthy. Yeah, and then, like I said, the the only reason for me, Baker, well. The reason I have Baker up there, and we'll, we'll discuss it more when we get to Baker, but it's just I think his weapons around him are better than what Matt Ryan has. Like, if you want to debate Odell Julio, I would still probably say based on what Julio's done, you take Julio over Odell. 
But then I think I would take every single other weapon in Cleveland over uh, what Matt Ryan has. And in jo- in Joku Hooper, I think, is somewhat of a wash at that point. So that for me, then, that gives Baker the semi-edge because I think their offensive lines are comparable as well. But he's the only one. So now that we've, we've discussed that, let's get into our top five. Who do you have at number five? Uh, I, I still I, – I'm at oh, number six. six. I'm sorry. Yeah, six. You're right. My bad. I'm just, I want to talk okay. about top five, but we'll, I guess we can discuss six really quick. Uh, my number six is Carson Wentz. Oh my God, we're on a roll. We're on a roll. Let's keep it going. Keep it going. Let's go. All right. I, I did the Matt Ryan. You give the Carson Wentz analysis. Okay. Well, I think Carson Wentz, um, I don't know if anybody talk, or listens to Lewis Riddick. Uh, he has been on this train longer than I have, so I'll give him props on that. I think Carson Wentz has a chance to be MVP of the league this year. Uh, we've talked about it on this podcast. Uh, he was the MVP of the league a couple years ago in the Eagles Super Bowl run before he blew out his knee. They've just added more weapons around him. Love Miles Sanders, one of the best offensive lines in the game. You've got Alshon Jeffrey if he can stay healthy. J-Jaw, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside on the outside. You've got now Deshaun Jackson who can take the top off the defense. You have the one of the best tight ends in the league in Zach Ertz, and then you add Dallas Goddard on there. He's got weapons all over the place. He is a guy who's not afraid to fling it. He will throw to the open receiver or tight end. I just love the offense that Doug Peterson runs there. you got a good defense that I think is going to keep them in almost every single game. And I just don't think, depending on what happens with Miles Sanders, we haven't seen him really do anything in camp yet because he hasn't been healthy. I think they're going to rely more on passing the ball than running the ball because I don't believe in Jordan Howard. And they do love to throw the ball to the backs, which Corey Clement and Miles Sanders are both phenomenal receiving backs as well. In my opinion, Miles Sanders did not do it a lot at Penn State. But I think that's just because they didn't use him in that game. So Carson Wentz just has so many weapons around him, and I think he is so good. The only question and, I mean, it's literally the only question I have for Wentz is, can he stay healthy for 16 games? If he can stay healthy for 16 games, I would not be surprised if he finishes in the top three, top two. I don't know if he can get to one, but I would not be surprised even if he did that if he stays healthy. Do you have anything to add? I don't. That was a beautiful analysis. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I worked hard on it. Uh, all right. Now we're in the top five because I'm excited. These are the yep. top five guys. Uh, I'm really interested to see how close we we finish up with these top five because I, I feel like one and two are probably going to be different just based on prior conversations we've had. Um, and I feel like five and four might be the same. So who do you have at five? Uh, I have Aaron Rodgers nah. at number five. Shit. No, we're wrong. Okay. All right, go ahead. Go Give me the, give me the breakdown on Rodgers. Well, I – you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's an exceptional quarterback. Uh, he knows how to play the position. But he's going to be playing uh, in a new offense for the first time in his career. He has Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Jones. You know, their tight end is still a mess. Uh, I don't think their tight end position will be very productive. I, I love Marquez Valdez Scantling. You know, I, I take Scantling over uh, Geronimo Allison uh, just about every single time. I think Equinemius St. Brown is going to uh, provide some uh, deep speed on the outside as well when he gets in there. So they've got some talent at, at wide receiver, and I think they're going to put up some points and, and they're going to throw the ball. You know, it, it's a situation of. 
where what kind of games will they be in you know they're going to be playing in in outside in the winter in december they're going to have a little more uh a little more reason to uh run the ball when it gets a little later in the season and i think that might affect some of his numbers you know baker's going to be in that same situation so you know i i I think that Rogers' volume is going to take just a slight dip, maybe. You know, not not a ton. I'm not expecting him to throw, you know, 100 fewer passes. Um, but I, I could see a, a world where, you know, maybe his touchdowns are down a little bit because Aaron Jones hits like so many of us think he's going to. Yeah. So if Jones is scoring touchdowns instead of Rogers throwing them, you know, those points are going somewhere else. All right, so for me at five, I've got Deshaun Watson. I haven't finished exactly where he finished last year with uh, 471 points. I think that uh, the biggest thing for me and why I'm giving him a little bit of a downtick is I don't think his rushing yards are going to be there as much if – I take that back, his passing yards. I don't know what I'm thinking. Rushing yards are going to be there because the offensive line sucks. Uh, And Lamar Miller I don't think is is that good. I think he's going to continue to take a step back. They're not going to have much of a running game, so I think – that is going to force him to throw the ball a lot. We need Will Fuller to stay healthy. I do like Kiki Kuti, though. I think he could take a step forward. Obviously, De- DeAndre Hopkins is arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, so I do think he's going to still put up phenomenal numbers, just not quite what he did last year with the, with the 4,000 passing and 551 rushing. I think he's going to fall just a little bit short in both of those. Still have a phenomenal year. I just think all the guys I have ahead of them are going to be a little bit better. Who do you have at number four? Uh, the aforementioned Deshaun Watson. Okay, right. I, I agree mostly with what what you are saying. Um, I do think uh, Jordan Thomas is a highly underrated tight end, so there is some potential uh, for Thomas to get some red zone work. You know, he's a big dude. He's going to be on the field. He's a good blocker. Uh, okay, athleticism. Uh, if Will Fuller can stay healthy. He puts up points. He puts up yards. Uh, and when Fuller's on the field, it does open up the field for DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a full-grown man out there. Yeah. And, and you know, when that ball is in the air, it's his ball, and, and he's going to catch it. So I, I feel like Watson is going to put up a, a, some big numbers again this year. Uh, I can see his uh, – rushing yards going down i probably like De- deontay foreman a little more than you and, and uh lamar miller is perpetually disrespected um is but true. miller is a decent back as well yeah yeah i don't think miller is a bad back he's just i he's slowly been degressing the past couple of years and i think that's going to continue to look even worse this year he, he's been a running back too pretty much his entire career or at least in the right there in the 13 to 24 range. He's con- very consistent with that. Uh, so I, I'm not trying to say that he's a bad back. I just think he's going to re- continue to regress a little bit as he has been uh, the past couple years. Uh, for me at four, I have Aaron Rodgers, who you had at five. Uh, every, I agree with everything you said. My biggest thing is Aaron Jones. How Are they going to lean on him more? Because if they do, that is going to take some of it away from Rodgers. But I love his weapons there. Obviously, Devontae Adams, I think, is right there in the argument with Hopkins as the best wide receiver in the league. You got Geronimo Allison, MVS, um, Equinemius St. Brown. All these guys are 
phenomenal athlete. Good job. Obviously, we don't. Uh, what would I do right? The name You've been, right? been practicing his name, have you? I've been practicing everybody's name, even Noah Fant, and I still always <laughs> want to say Fonts. It, it messes me up. I get very frustrated when I do that. So you have no idea. But anyways. Uh, I, my only question is I don't know what kind of offense uh, Matt LaFleur is going to come in here and run. So if and, and if Aaron Rodgers is going to abide by it, I guess is the way to put it. Uh, we obviously have heard all the talks about what he used to do with Mike McCarthy. Is he going to change the play calls to do whatever he wants? We'll see. But I, my biggest thing, too, with, with not just Matt LaFleur is exactly what you said. I, I just mentioned, too, Aaron Jones. He's a phenomenal back. If they lean on him more, just that's going to take some of the passing touchdowns away from Rodgers. So I think that's going to drop him just a bit, but still finishing his number four. That's that's a very good quarterback. So I already know we're going to match on number three because there's no way you have him in your top two. So go ahead, give 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 Bake Show the love because I know that's who you've got at three. So go ahead, talk about Mr. Baker Mayfield. You know. I have Baker at number three. Yeah. I, I just feel like he has he he he's the second coming of Drew Brees when it comes to accuracy. He's got a good arm. He's mobile. He can get out of trouble. Uh, he doesn't look to run. He will run, but he doesn't look to run. He can get the ball down the field, and he's got OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, Rashad Higgins, uh, Rashad Higgins. Uh, David Njoku and Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson uh, and Kareem Hunt. You know, he has an arsenal. I think the only, probably the, the biggest thing Baker is going to have to overcome is going to be how good Cleveland's defense is. Mm-hmm. Because if they're, if, if they're up by two touchdowns by the end of the first quarter, and then they're up three touchdowns, and if they're up twenty-four by the, by halftime, you know, there it's easy to say we're going to keep our foot on the gas, but you're gonna you're gonna do things to to run the clock out. You know, instead of throwing outs at the sideline, you're throwing ins at the sideline where they're not going out of bounds, and you're keeping the clock running. Uh, and it just it's gonna those type of things I think will affect his overall ability to be the QB one. Um, you know, if the defense breaks down a little bit, Baker Mayfield is more than happy to get out there and, and you know, wing it down the field and throw the ball 50 or 60 times to, to try to win the game. So I, I like Baker. I, I, I like uh, I like everything he's brought to the Browns. So yeah. he's my QB three. Yeah, uh, for me as well. Um, and, and just to touch on what you were saying, I agree with you. The defense is a little bit of a worry worrisome thing for me because if they are able to keep teams you know to that 14 to 21 point range you're not going to have Baker throwing the ball as much as he was last year I do think that they would still keep their foot on someone's throat but we could be wrong we know the way that Baker is and I think that Freddie Kitchens is very much the same way as Baker he just doesn't get the publicity that Baker gets because he's not quite as out uh outspoken I guess as as Baker is or he's not as loud as as Baker is um, the one thing I will say, and, and it does worry me a little bit, is Baker's interceptions all the way back to college because he's not afraid to throw the ball. He will throw a lot of interceptions, which might keep the other teams in it, especially if you're playing a good offense. You give, you know, just just go back to the guy we just talked about, Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. You give those guys the ball more often than they're supposed to get it. They're going to put up more points, which means Baker's going to have to continue to throw to stay in the game. And I do think now, too, 
with all the talk that Cleveland is getting this offseason and going into the season, though Cleveland isn't doing it. That's the one thing I want to point out. Because a lot of people want to sit here and say everybody needs to pump the brakes on the Browns hype train. The Browns are not the one doing it. We don't see Odell, um, Jarvis, Baker, Freddie, all those guys going out there and saying we're going to win the Super Bowl. It is the media and blowhards like myself pumping up the Browns. So we should just calm down on saying the Browns are doing this because they're not. But I do think the Browns are going to get everybody's best shot because of the way everybody is kind of making them the Super Bowl darlings and the new America's team and everything. I do think most teams are going to come out and kind of want to hit Cleveland in the mouth. And that's where I think Baker is going to thrive and really want to shove it down people's throats. You know, just go back to the Cincinnati games after Hugh, as the Cincinnati game after Hugh Jackson left. I mean, there was a point where the Browns were up in that game and they were still just chucking the ball because they wanted to put up points. And then Cincinnati did end up coming back and making it a closer game. That was against Cincinnati, though. I mean, well, true. And Hugh Jackson was down there, so. Right, but that's my there point. Was, there might have been just a touch of incentive there my, my point to rub Hugh's is, nose in it. Is I think. Baker is going to want to do that to everybody, though, because he's going to find that bulletin board material. He's that guy who's going to find the, the even the slightest thing that you said and turn it around against you, and it's going to fire him up. That's what I love about him. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I love the way that he can do that. He's got like Tom Brady. Tom Brady still uses that six-round draft pick as a chip on his shoulder to just kind of shove it in everybody's face. He still talks about it, and that's what I love, the guys that can continually – provide that spark and that chip on their shoulder for something like that. And I could see that happening. All it takes is for someone to come out and say one wrong thing, and Baker's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to show you. And so that's why I think that they're still going to try and shove the ball down everybody's throat. But I could be wrong. That's what I'm saying. You could be right on that, and that might dwindle his numbers some. But I just think with the weapons that they have on offense – they're not going to – Nick Chubb's not going to run the ball every time he's on the field. He's going to get some catches. You still have Duke there. you got Kareem Hunt when he comes back. They'll throw the ball to the running backs. You've got all those great wide receivers. They're going to put up a ton of points, and Baker is going to be the recipients of that because all those guys are going to put up points. So Baker is three for me as well. This is where it's going to be interesting because I, I do feel like this is where we're going to be flip-flop just based on what we've talked about in the past, but I could be wrong. So who do you have it to? Uh, I have uh, Pat Mahomes okay. at number two. Yeah, so we did flip flop. All right, so tell me why you got Patty at two. I, it, so I'm on the Pat Mahomes is going to regress train. Yeah, but for me, I feel like even even what I expect him to regress to is good enough to be a QB1. It would have still been QB1 last year at 40 touchdowns and 4,500 yards instead of 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. So, it, yeah, he's, he's going to regress, but he's not. it isn't like he's going to go from 50 touchdowns to 18 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. No, he's still going to have an exceptional year. And uh, the fact that he, he isn't going to lose Tyreek uh, is huge. But it's more a function of what I expect my QB1 to do, which is to take a, a big step forward. Uh, you know, last year, and I, I know my one is your two, so we're going to let's just talk about the two of them in conjunction here. Okay. So I have Andrew, Andrew Luck at one. Yeah. And last year, after Luck came off his injury, the Colts did something that in years that they haven't done they said we're gonna go out and we are gonna 
um, invest in our offensive line. Yeah. And they they have built a powerful offensive line. And now they've said, okay, now that we've got the offensive line, now we're going to get Andrew some more weapons to go along with T.Y. Hilton. So they brought in Funches, who's – there can be a debate as to whether or not he's a weapon. Ebron was great last year. Doyle is going to be healthy this year. Marlon Mack flashed when he was healthy. I'm expecting a a really good year out of Marlon Mack. Um, They brought in Spencer Ware, who will be a capable backup. Naheem Hines caught 63 passes last year. Uh, And they drafted – did I say they drafted Paris Campbell? Yeah, Uh, yeah, they got Campbell. So – he is surrounded by weapons, and the one thing that uh, Indianapolis doesn't do quite as well is they don't invest a ton of money in their defense. They look for guys that can kind of keep the game close enough that our quarterback can win it. So I expect Luck to take a step forward while Mahomes drops back a little bit, and I just expect it to be enough for Luck to be the number one and Mahomes to be the number two. I've had them that way all off season in my expectations and I don't I don't don't have nobody's made a case for me other than I just like this guy better or I've projected it this way. Okay, you've projected it that way. That's great. It could happen. Yeah. It could happen. Sure. But this is how I see it playing out. So we've we've had this discussion before on the podcast, and and I even said that I I would not be surprised if Luck finished one. And I had Luck one until we found out Tyreek was not getting the four-game suspension. That was huge for me because Tyreek Hill is just such a a difference difference maker for that offense. Uh, Out of all of the weapons that both teams have, I think altogether Luck has the better weapons around him. But Patrick Mahomes has the two best players on his team in Kelsey and Hill. I would not take any of Luck's weapons all, uh, that he has around him over those two. However, the rest of the weapons I would probably take next over anybody else Kansas City has. So, like, I would take, you know, well, I guess, would you take Watkins or Ebron? I, I don't think it's, you know, I don't know. I'd probably take Watkins over Ebron. <laughs> All right, so then maybe so then you have one other guy there because I know you take Marlon Mack and probably Naheem Hines over Damian Williams, or would you put Williams over Hines? My stubbornness would probably take Hines. Um, I don't think that's a bad call. I, I really don't. You know, it's it's uh, I, I'm I'm big on Mack. I'm not big on Williams. Yeah. Um, though I'm cert- I'm certainly not selling my one share of Williams. I have it at discount. I got you. Well, yeah, and that, so that's my point, is that altogether, I think we would both agree that Luck has the better team around him, better offense, better weapons outside of Hill and Kelsey. He's got more depth of weapons, I guess is the way to put it, where on Kansas yeah. City, the only guys you would trust really are Hill and Kelsey. A lot of people like Williams. We've only seen half a year of them, though. So I, I don't know if I, I like Williams. I think he's a good playmaker. I'm not sold that he's going to be what he was for that half season. I do think he'll take a step back as well. My next point on the defense is Kansas City's defense was even worse than and than Indianapolis's last year by a wide margin, and Indianapolis doesn't invest in their defense. Now I know Kansas City made a couple of moves on defense. They brought over Flank Frank I was gonna say Flank Clark. Frank Clark, I don't know how much of a difference he's gonna make though. 
for me, their defense is just still going to be one of the worst. It's going to force Mahomes to throw the ball more. I agree with you he's going to take a step back. There's no doubt in my mind he's probably going to go down to 38 to 40 touchdowns. My last thing that separated him for me is that while Andrew Luck is, I would say, right up there close to what Mahomes can do throwing-wise, Luck throws a ton more interceptions than what we've seen out of that that one we've seen out of uh, Patrick Mahomes. I know it's only been one year, and he threw twelve interceptions, but Andrew Luck is like consistently up in like the fifteen to seventeen interception ratio there. So for me, I, all the leagues that I play in, you get negative points for interceptions. So that was what dipped him just a smidge under Patrick Mahomes. For me, is because while I expect him to both throw close to 40 touchdowns, probably close to the same amount of yardage, I think the interception difference is what gives Mahomes just the slight edge over Luck. I have no argument against anybody who wants to have Luck number one because that would not surprise me one bit. Like I said, we've, we've had this discussion before, and really up until the news of Tyree Kill earlier, I think it was last week or earlier this week of him not getting the four-game suspension, that's what moved Mahomes back up to one for me because it gave him that versatile weapon down the field that he didn't have up until that news broke. So, like I said, no, no, no argument against it. I would not be surprised if Luck finishes one there for me, but I've got you know, Mahomes, a, a fingernail above Andrew Luck, if that if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. All right. Well, that right there is going to do it for our quarterback rankings. Again, we'll, we'll do this again as we get closer to the season in case there are any injuries, and we'll solidify kind of what we think is going to happen in the year once we start getting through some of these preseason games. This is what we've got ranked right now for our preseason ranks. So, Hit us up on Twitter. I mentioned both of our handles at the beginning, but you can find me at SportsFanaticMB, and you can find Dennis at Culture underscore Coach. Tell us who you think is lower, that, or you think is higher than we have, or who you think we should drop down. I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of a lot of Baker hate for having him up there at number three. A lot of people want him lower than that, and that part of it is what it is. But Dennis, uh, before we cut out of here, let everybody know what you've got going on at Nerd Herd and, and, and anything else you've got going on. I'm oh, just updating my rankings over at uh, Dynasty Nerds on the Nerd Herd. Uh, getting, I'm getting ready to hop in the uh, the rookie rankings. I've been just doing the standard rankings, so I'm going to add the rookie rankings to my portfolio. Uh, we've we've got some great articles we're working on. Uh, one from you coming up about the uh, the the Debbie running backs. I just got to finish editing that and get that uh, in the queue. So that should be out in a day or two. Um, you know, I'm excited about the role uh, as the editor there for Dynasty Nerds, and I'm uh, super excited about the two live events we've got coming up there: yeah. the Fantasy Football, the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo at www.midwestffexpo.com. You can get your t- tickets are twenty bucks, but when you sign up, if you use coupon code Knights K N I G H T S, uh, you'll get five dollars off your admission. Uh, and then I hope to go out and win that $50,000 grand prize in the uh, uh, world championship yeah. event I'm going to enter. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm right there with you. That, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, uh, yeah, so as Dennis touched on, I have uh, the article that I've been talking about. I was finally able to f- finish getting all of my stuff ready and, and my breakdowns done. I've got my my 10 through 6 article coming out here, and then uh, my 1 through 5 is done as well. That will be 
releasing probably sometime next week. I, I want to try and give each one a, a little bit of time to breathe, and then my uh, quarterbacks for college will be will be coming up next. So that'll be kind of my breakdown. I'll be re- hopefully releasing one a week up until the college football season all my top Debbie and college prospects to watch for the 2019 season. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to us today. Uh, we will be back on Monday with our running back rankings. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you guys get a minute. It, it helps us out a lot, and it means a lot to us. Uh, you know, again, if you guys have constructive criticism, you guys can always hit us up on Twitter as well as we talked about any fantasy football questions. Drop, jump into our DMs, let us know, or again, just give us a shout on Twitter. We'd be happy to happy to help you guys. And other than that, Dennis, have yourself a good weekend, and we will talk again on Monday. Right on. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!